All right, well, it looks like we're going to have our first guest of the evening. We wanted to bring in two-time NBA All-Star Baron Davis, who joins us. Baron, you there? Uh, yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. How's it going? Good. Can you see me? Yes. Yeah, see you. <laughs> <laughs> what up? How's my lighting? It's, yeah, your lighting is good. You know what you make it better? If you turn your phone up, up, over. No, yeah, that's it. Boom. And we perfect. Yeah, it'd probably be better if I take my hand out the way. Hold on, let me get you some good lighting, man. Now you good. You're good. Perfect right there. I know I'm messing up y'all's show, but... No, it's all good, Baron. You've obviously gone to the Edgar Burgers School of uh, Technology, it looks like. <laughs> We've there had a bunch of tech problems so far, so <laughs> kind of fits in with the theme of the evening. What's up, Bobby? What's what? happening? Not much, man. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I mean, it feels just like yesterday that you were uh, playing with the Knicks. They could still use a point guard, my friend. So if you're ready to get back into things, we could use you. Hey, man, I could use a fucking shot. I tell you that. <laughs> hey, Barry, we were Give me a shot, shit. <laughs> Yo, we went. Me and Bobby were just talking about uh, uh, LeBron and uh, and MJ are the greatest player of all time. And I was saying LeBron is becoming the greatest player of all time. And we just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I don't, one, I don't think it's the greatest player of all time when you really think about it. It's just whoever you you know everybody when you think about. You know, you can't undermine what Kareem did. You can't undermine what Russell did. You can't undermine what Bird did. Eddie got hurt. You can't undermine what Magic did. Isaiah, you know what I mean? Kobe, Shaq, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of dudes that's got multiples. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, when you look at a LeBron, you know, I think what separates LeBron apart from everybody else is just everything. Holistically, overall, what he doing in the community, his investments, his leadership, you know, his uh, his spirit, his integrity, and how he's kind of championing this next generation, you know, to be businessmen, you know. Um, and not only that, he's managed to do all that, right, build his thing in real life, never do nothing wrong, you know what I mean? And you know, get itself, you know, four or five championships along the way. So, you know, when we watch uh, Jordan and all the hype and all that, you know, Jordan was one of the greatest to ever touch the rock. I think LeBron is one of the greatest to ever touch the rock. You know what I mean? And so I don't really compare, you know, goats and things like that. You actually wanted a few players that actually played against both. Um, so how's that feel? Oh, man, it feel good. You know what I mean? Uh, stories I can tell my kids, you know what I mean? I ain't got to lie to my kids and say, like, you know, I didn't do what I did. But, you know, it's like, hey, hey man, I, you know, I have my moments against some of the greatest of all time. And, you know, I just respect, you know, them and, and the fact that, you know, I had an opportunity to just play in the league and, you know, who gets a chance to play against Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Wade, all these dudes, you know, uh, and, you know, live, live live, and be able to tell those stories. And so now I can share those stories 
with my kids. Uh, and, you know, it's a great opportunity. Baron, one time Alan Iverson said you were the toughest player that he ever had to defend. Um, that's a pretty good compliment coming from another great player. Is he or one of these guys we just mentioned the best player that you ever played against? Uh, I mean, dude, when you think about AI, you got Kobe, uh, you got LeBron, you got Wade. Um, you know, all these dudes are great. You know what I mean? Allen Iverson, one of the best ever, ever touched the rock. You know, it's like, for me, it's just, you know, and then you think about just all the other great players in, in our era that probably just don't get a lot of credit, but were, you know, phenomenal players and phenomenal point guards and shooting guards. And, you know, it was just a whole energy, man. And I think our era was an era that, you know, had a lot of talent. You know what I mean? A lot of talent and depth at a lot of positions. And, you know, and, you know, through in my generation, we got to touch a lot of great players and, and see a lot of great players touch the court. You know, like I've never seen it. You know, it's like Shaquille O'Neal is a one-on-one. Kobe one-on-one. It, it's, you know, all these dudes, it's a lot of dudes that are just one-on-ones. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's hard to just, like, we, once you get to marveling, like especially for me, it's like I just get to marveling in their greatness and how, how good and how dope they are. Yeah, you was a great player yourself. And, you know, I, you know, obviously me and you got cool towards the end of your career. Um, can you talk about you being a trendsetter? Because you, you I mean, you know, you say I say Barry Davis, you know, me and you have sat down. We were in London. We You shared a lot of great stories with me. And you know, you was a fan favorite. You was an all-star. And, you know, you was on that We Believe team. How did it feel to be a trendsetter? Uh, for me, it's just like you just you just do you just do stuff that you feel need to be done. I think on the other side of being a trendsetter is, a, you know, somebody who was disruptive, somebody who was, uh, you know, uh, combative. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, there are walls, invisible walls that need to be broken. You know what I mean? And, you know, we got to do a job of, like, making sure that culture connects to this shit because these kids can't afford it. You know what I mean? They can't afford to come to the games. So, you know, uh, I mean, for me, it was just always trying to think about the next generation, others, the young hoopers out there, and also think about what the players wanted. And so, for me, it was really being a voice of, you know, players and, and, and what they were feeling. And I was just, you know, bold enough to say it. Baron, now that you've had some time to reflect a little bit more about your NBA career, do you often think about maybe the fact that injuries robbed you from so many opportunities to maybe have even more great moments? Uh, you know, I think at this point it is what it is. Uh, I think if you look at the injuries and look at – what I was able to accomplish despite all the injuries. You know what I mean? I think I did had a pretty damn good run. You know, I wasn't thinking about it when it was happening, but, you know, uh, I appreciate my time. I do think that, you know, had I not gotten hurt, this and that, you know, uh, but it was almost hard to imagine ever being healthy, you know, in my entire career. It was just always something and always coming back early and always playing hurt. And so, you know, I think that's why fans fuck with me. You know what I mean? That's why people fuck with me because they know, you know, when I was out there, I gave my heart and soul. And if I didn't, then something was wrong. And, you know, that was the case, 
you know, when I played in Los Angeles for the Clippers. So, you know, people knew I played with my heart. And if I wasn't playing with my heart, then something was wrong. Now, one of the things that I definitely want to talk about and dive in is, you know, while you was playing, when did you start talking about, like, building not only your brand, but building a business? Uh, for me, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, that happened when I was 21, when I decided to, like, step out, become my own agent and represent myself uh, and then start to, like, build my own team, you know, with my homies at, at the time, like a real life entourage. So, uh, you know, I just say that, you know, being independent early in the game really forced me to, like, focus my attention on, you know, who am I and who do I want to be life after basketball? And, you know, do I do it now or do I wait? You know, and at the time, you know, just for me, it was just like, do it now because be able to, you know, just have the career that you want to have. So make sure you set all, all your, uh, you know, set all your intentions and, and set all your goals in the right direction. So when basketball is done, you know, you don't have to rely on basketball, you know, to satisfy yourself or, or have confidence, you know, to wake up every morning and feel motivated to do something. So, um, so one of the things like, which is kind of cool, like you said, you started at a young age at 21 and you see a guy like LeBron who pretty much almost did the same thing at, at that age were there any uh do you wish that you started later doing that or you happy that you started at your age and then you folks see what lebron is doing how do you coincide with what lebron is did to what you did you know back then i think it's very similar uh you know i would say for me you know uh everybody watches everybody and so you know i think what lebron is doing i commend him cuz he did it you know what i mean and the way that they did it they took their time, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, I have no regrets because we were successful doing it. I was successful doing it. And, you know, uh, had I had I had the opportunity to do it over again, there would definitely be some things that I would do differently. You know what I mean? But I just think that for me, it's it was I needed to move on into different things. You know what I mean? I need to make movies. I need to do other things. And so, you know, I think all of my guys are in, you know, incredible positions, NBA coaches, agents, things like that, uh, producers, you know. And so I have no regrets because they're all, you know, they're all on there in the game. They're working. They're working for teams that are in this NBA life and NBA system. And that was my intentions, right? My intentions early on, and you know, Edgar, um, my intentions is to really just be a vehicle and like to collaborate and figure out how can I move somebody up the chain and up the pipeline. And I would say now, you know, I've kind of figured out, you know, how to make that, you know, a model, right? And a system that works for entrepreneurs, for creators, uh, for former athletes, and really just, you know, building out, uh, a system of trust, right? It's the same thing. You know, you play with your heart, you leave with your heart. But, um, you know, for me, it's just, you know, entrepreneurs come, great opportunities, great great investments come, uh, great IP comes, you know, and we're able to, you know, take these relationships that have been, you know, materialized over 20 years and turn them into, you know, 
real productions, right, or real products. Uh, and and so that's been the beauty of, of where I am now is I, I've I've had an opportunity to learn, you know, from you know doing it with my homeboys to you know doing it with other people. Uh, I think we lost you for a sec, sound wise at least. Hello? I think we lost yeah, Barrett. Yeah, Hopefully he comes back. That was a good thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had a call. Well, we're definitely excited to continue our conversation with Barrett Davis. There he is. <laughs> yeah, Barrett, my, phone, my phone keep ringing off the hook, man. We're we going to have to... Uh... <laughs> So Baron, yeah, like you know, uh, you got two things. You got two great things going on. You got a um, show on Hulu called WTF with Baron. How did that come about? And let's talk about the hard to guard and slick partnership that's about to happen. But before that, let's talk about the Hulu show. Yeah, man, the Hulu show was just you know just me just fucking around, being beady, thinking of some funny shit to do and. You know, uh, rarely do people kind of poke fun of themselves and of other people. So, you know, big fan of Curve, big fan of, you know, TV. So I wanted to create my own version of Curvy Enthusiasm, you know, from my point of view. And, you know, I just think it's gonna, this show is just going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've seen the show and you like this show, like, you know, my whole point, you know, my whole motivation behind the show is, you know, when girls see me in public, I want them to, like, trip me and hit me. You know what I mean? When dudes see me, I want them to shout. Um, shout out, fuck you, Baron Davis, in the airport like people do. I mean, it's, uh, it's a fun show. I think it's interactive, but... Uh, you know, it's fun when you have fans that walk up to you in the airport and they can't say anything and you're like, all right, they must be basketball fans. And then you walk about 50 yards past them and they shout, fuck you, Baron Davis. And you turn around and you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And everybody else in the airport is like, you're such a nice guy. That was such a great response. <laughs> and so... It's really like, I think the whole show is just an inside joke, right? And if you're a part of the show and, 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 and if you like the show, it's really just like an inside joke on culture and, you know, the different things that, you know, I'd just be cooking up. Um, and then hard to guard. I mean, shit, I'm just, I'm waiting, dog. I'm waiting. You know what I mean? I'm waiting, I think. I mean, what else do I need to say? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's for you to talk, bro. So me and Barry talking about like all the footage that I have doing a collaboration because he has a brand new company that uh, that called Slick and uh, he's actually giving, you know, power back to the creators and um, he's building uh a huge platform that's officially, I think, is going to be open next, starting in February, right? February, March. Yep, March. Yeah. March. Uh, the platform will be launched, and man, you know how I feel about you, Ed. Like you, you are 
And I think the thing about Slick is sports lifestyle, inside culture. The eye is so important because it's the insiders and you're you're a cultural insider. You know what I mean? You've had footage from all the big cultural moments, you know what I mean, in our history and this whole basketball, hip hop, like people are using this word culture and don't even know what it was built on, right? And so Slick is just a platform to align with those insiders, those cultural creators, and then bring that to life, right? Why can't we have the quality? Why can't we have the premium network, right? Why can't we collaborate, right, to uplift the people who have, you know, uh, the chops? And so that's what Slick is built for. You know, it's a trampoline for creators to, to have success, you know, uh, in, longer for, in longer format content. Baron, it seems like you're having a lot of fun post-NBA career. Uh, do you get as much satisfaction from doing all of these different projects? And are you as competitive in these projects as you were as a basketball player? I mean, if I got a, uh, a child for the Knicks or like a 10-day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would put all this shit down. <laughs> we, we would advocate for you to get a 10-day contract if you need Thank it. you, man. Uh, and I'll take it at the end of the year closer to uh, when the Knicks make a playoff run. That's my prediction. And what are the last things? Like, what do you think about the whole Carden trade to uh, the, the Nets? Oh, damn, that's going to be interesting, man. Uh, you know, I think you know, Houston, when you look at what Houston got out of it, they got a lot, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think that, you know, the Nets and Coach Steve Nash, you know, you got three superstars and they're going to have an opportunity to, like, you know, figure each other out. You know what I mean? That's what that's what superstars do. So somebody is going to have to compliment somebody and they're all going to have to work in this, you know, this – as this uh this triangle of thinking right to bring out the best in each other but i think anytime that you have the three most unstoppable people in the league you know what i mean uh on the same team uh and the three most you know hardest to guard uh individual breakdown guys you know at the end of the game if you watch any finals you know, it all comes down to one-on-one, right? And, you know, if you've seen Harden in his career in Houston, you know, he would, you know, that style would wear wear him down because he had to do it all the time. And in the playoffs, you know, it's just a different beast. And so now, you know, with him and with KD and KD coming off an injury and, you know, uh, Kyrie coming back and, uh, you know, you have three guys that can ultimately complement each other and uh, in a good point in their career, too. Baron, that's a big conversation, too, when it comes to Harden. I mean, obviously, you know, the 40-point games, and he's so efficient as a scorer, but when it comes to the postseason, he's just been a guy that seems to disappear in crunch time. That's not been the case with both, you know, these two finals heroes and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Is it possible, though, that this could just explode because – Harden might have a hard time being the third guy. I mean, he's not been the third guy probably since those OKC days. Yeah, well, one, I think you, uh, you're absolutely wrong when you say that he choked in the playoffs. If you watch, you know what I mean? One, you got to be a little bit closer to the action in your TV. And then you have to understand that, you know, 
this guy has made it through rounds playing the style that he plays a whole season and rounds and double teams and triple teams. And so at some point, right, it's going to wear on you when you play that style, right? Putting him in a situation, there is no third option. You know what I mean? There is no third. They're all ones, right? They're all one options. And when you talk about one of the best playmakers in the game outside of one of the best scores in the game is James Harden. I agree. So when you got James Harden going downhill, you got Kyrie going downhill, you got Kevin Durant outside, you got Kyrie going downhill, you got James Harden and Kevin Durant outside. I mean, you know, it's really my whole thing is it's up to them, right? They have to figure out, you know, what is that? How do they become the leaders and the masters, you know, of the game? by including their teammates and letting their teammates be, you know, uh, the gold, you know, kind of like the golden force, right? That makes it easier for them. And so it's still, you know, you still have three guys, but you still need five to play, right? And you need a lot more than that to support you and to have a team. So it's really going to display in their leadership, I think. Um, not so much in who scores what, uh, it's going to be in, in, in their ability to uh, create, co-create for each other, for themselves, and figure out what their game is. But when you look at, you know, those three guys, they're prolific, they're superstars, you know, they're Olympians. And so, you know, they ask for this and they're going to, you know, try their best to make it work. So you think the uh, postseason criticism for Harden is a bit unfair? Well, I think for you to say it, Bobby, it's unfair because you watch it on TV. You know what I mean? And so you watch it on TV. I would like to be James I'm Harden not, if I could be. I'm not saying I'm not saying, you know, it's your opinion, Bobby. You know what I mean? But you watch it on TV. You know what I mean? Like you ain't putting no effort. You ain't sweating. You ain't all you doing is going to go get a beer and coming back. So the moments you miss you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and half the time you're drunk, right? I cannot allow you to get away with that comment without defending my homeboy. Nah, listen, I... I Is this I, because I, you I, got I, a, uh, I wore a James Harden hat for episode one before <laughs> it was a Brooklyn net. But at the same time, you know, again, as someone that's watched the games, you know, from my media seat, you make that point, Barrett, but from my media seat, Harden has been such a great regular season player but the knock on him has often been that come crunch time, come the postseason, they haven't been able to win a championship because, A, the style of play. Championships are hard to win. There can only be one person, one team that wins a championship. So that does not mean that you're not clutch. You know what I mean? That does not – that that has nothing to do with it, right? When you look at the style – and you look at the way he played, right? Eventually, you're going to wear down, right? If you don't have the right system or the right adjustments or the right teammates or, you know what I mean? It's more than, it's more than being clutch hitting a shot. You understand what I'm saying? It's more than that. It's, 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 
his force, right? The playoffs are different. You know what I'm saying? And so each game is a playoff game within itself. Each series is a different adjustment in a different series. And so at some point, right, it's like you're, you know, they were close. They, they damn near got over the hump. You know what I mean? And getting over the hump was just making it to another round, right? Uh, so, you know, I really say, like, he needs the right other people around, right? And he needs to be the right system. And then judge somebody when, you know, they're not getting double and triple teamed, you know, for 82 games in every playoff game. Well, before I go to grab a beer and let you go for uh, the <laughs> evening, Aaron, I wanted to ask you, you one drink. more question. <laughs> you don't even drink beer. At the I, I don't drink beer, actually. Drink I have water in this mug. Or diet, or diet Sprite. <laughs> Get out of here. You don't drink no beer. Look hey, at that. Ben, I, I got to jump in quick. Look at that. You got gold curtains, man. You don't drink beer. <laughs> Lord have mercy. What you over there? Where are you? Where well, are you over there? It's Liberace step in the house? arena, Baron. It's step in the arena. You got the curtain. <laughs> step in the arena. Damn, boy. You got the chiffon gold curtains. <laughs> hey, Baron, I don't know if you can talk about it. I'm thinking you're going to pull back the skirt. Curtains is going to be Star Wars in the back, huh? Hey, Barry, I don't know if you can talk about it, but there was like talk last week all over social media about you. And Master P partnering up getting a uh, Reebok. If, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, don't I told you don't ask. Hey, I told you don't ask me that question. Ed. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. You didn't I ask told you don't ask me that question. We came on it on the show, man. You see how you see yeah, how no, you, you, actually, you, actually you actually didn't tell me that. Baron, can I, I ask know. you another player-related question since you've already? No, I'm about to answer that. I'm about to ask you that. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Uh, you know, I think really uh, when you look at, you know, Reebok, it's a legacy. It's a legacy brand. When you look at where we are as a culture and where our spending power is in a culture and a sneaker culture, um, just what we talked about and just what I talked about before, I think the opportunity is, you know, if the opportunity is there, the opportunity should be an opportunity for us. And, you know, we want to put together the right team and, you know, uh, put our name, put our names in the hat. So that's, you know, that's it. I'm putting my bid in to be senior vice president. So let me know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you got, Bobby? What you got, Bobby? You got well, I was ask question. You earlier in the show before you, got- you came on and, and made some negative comments about my curtains. Uh, Ed and I were talking about uh, NBA Rookie of the Year contest so far through the first dozen games. And uh, we were talking a little bit about LaMelo Ball. So I was kind of wanted to gauge your interest in what you think of him as a player since you also played for the Hornets and were a point guard and, and had you know success there. I uh, was curious what you think about him. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> number three pick out of uh, Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I just think one. Sounds familiar. Sounds super familiar. I'm just a fan, a fan, a fan, a fan. I'm a fan of his as a person, you know, as a player uh, of his growth and what he will be. I think he's a superstar. I think he's a rock star. And uh, I think his best is yet to come. I actually think this whole rookie class – 
is going to be a class that we talk about for the ages because there's some really, really, really talented kids that are going to shine. And, you know, some really good finds by these NBA guys when you look at, you know, just the future of the league and, you know, some of these young guys that are uh, – that, that have been drafted and coming up uh, in their second and third year. Well, I agree with you on that, and uh, so do my curtains, too, Baron. <laughs> Man, your curtains. Back to your curtains. <clears throat> you couldn't make a comment about my Walt Clyde Frazier jersey? No, I, mean, I mean, you got the gold curtains, dog. You got, you got gold curtains. I wonder what's behind the gold curtains. Well, it might surprise you, but windows. <laughs> man, man, we appreciate you. Let's be on. Appreciate you taking the time, Baron. All right, All right thank you, guys. I'm waiting I'll on never diss James Harden again, I promise. No, 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 you do. I'm waiting on to send me an email. All right, done. Say less. All right. Later. Gotcha.